Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online at DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999, under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we are back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 16-9 and after defeating UCF 76-74. to JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Uh, um, I'm happy they got the dub, out-rebounded them. I thought the offense looked a lot better um, for the most part. And, shoot, I'm, I'm just happy they, they did what they are supposed to do, man. Because, I mean, UCF has been super dangerous at home. And Bearcats went on a roll and scrapped out a good win. I'm happy what I'm seeing from, like, seems. All right, so – let me scratch all that. <laughs> I finally freaking picked uh, a player player to watch. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've been doing good like the last three games, actually, now I think about it. But CMOS had that clutch bucket at the end. It made me feel so great. Um, he had double digits. I think he had like a couple rebounds, a couple assists. Um, Dan played solid as well. So I think we got to pat ourselves on the back a little bit, uh, Meech. Not trying to steal your thunder. But – uh they went on a roll, man. I mean, that was – if you lose that game, it gets real hairy in the Big 12. You're 4-8 and eight if you lose that game. Now 5-7, and seven, playing – I mean, every team is a dangerous team, but you're playing arguably the weakest team in the conference, uh, you know, at Fifth Third Arena. And who knows, man, you, you just don't have that, that same confidence if you lose to UCF on the road and – I think that was a make-or-break game for them. I know I feel like every game is going to be a make-or-break, honestly, right now, but that was a huge make-or-break. It, it could have made something where the season just kind of starts spiraling under control, out of control. So I'm happy they out-rebounded um, UCF. Uh, I, I got to look at the turnovers, but I feel like they ter- took care of the ball a lot better. Um, Jizzle James, I'm going to start calling him the road warrior. This dude, I feel like on a roll, he plays great every time. I think he only had like seven points. He had seven points and – like one assist maybe, but nothing bigger than that, that that last bucket at the end of the game when they were uh, tied at 71. I mean, he just took it to the hole and just did what he had to do. And good bucket, knocked it down, and UCF kept answering, and the Bearcats kept having to answer for the for every test that uh, UCF gave on those last couple possessions. So I'm happy, man. Um, I, I guess I could critique more, but at the end of the day, they got the dub, especially after – uh, you know, two tough, tough losses. So that's that's where I'm at with it. JT, going into this game, did you think the Bearcats were going to win? I did, but I was nervous because just think about it, that game against UCF was a grinder. They were missing two players. I forgot how I feel like UC was missing maybe one or one for sure that game, right? Maybe two. Was that like the Vic? Was that the Vic? Uh, uh test out, test yeah. out before game. I don't think I don't think Vic played that game, right? So Vic game. didn't play. CJ was out still, right? Um, so 
it was one of those things, man, where I was kind of I thought it was a coin flip game because they were on a roll and you just lost two games. I didn't know how they were going to bounce back against after how they played against Iowa State because Iowa State kind of I mean, the Bearcats turned the ball over 25 times. I, mean, I know I'm probably going to harp on that the rest of the year. And on a road, man, normally the road doesn't cure turnovers. And I feel like the Bearcats, you know, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know their number fully, but I know they did a lot better. I know it wasn't 25. I know they scored over 70 points, so I, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, Neil, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought there was a lot of great, great things in – this game on Saturday versus UCF. I thought Dan Skillings really came out and set the tone early. Obviously, Wes Miller changed the starting lineup, inserting Dan Skillings over Victor Lockin, who did not really play at all in this game. So that was something interesting to see that. And he even told reporters following the game, it was the ability to go small, to really break the press because UCF's press was doing fantastic. They're a nitty gritty team on the defensive end and love to create turnovers. And they wanted to go small to beat the press. and he even said it following the game as well, that the game plan was for Vic to see time and play after a great week of practice, but it just didn't go that way on Saturday. But the thing that really stood out to me, Aziz Bandego and Jamil Reynolds, I thought those two were fantastic. They impacted this game in many ways. I thought Aziz probably had one of his best games as a Bearcat, finished with 13 points, eight rebounds. And then Jamil Reynolds, six points, but a season high, nine rebounds. And I thought what Reynolds did right there in the front court, we've kind of talked on it a little bit this season, how we would like to see Jamil Reynolds get, get a little bit more effective on the glass and the rebounding aspect of things. And then since then, he's been a huge impact on there. And I mean, heading into that game versus UCF, I believe he was averaging just six, roughly five points and four rebounds. And then he comes out with a very effective six points on two or three shooting, but nine rebounds in a game where the Bearcats out-rebounded UCF 45 to 33 on the glass. If I remember right, we said it on this, the last episode of this podcast that in order for them to win, they had to win the rebounding battle by a good double digit margin, which they did. And then on top of it, they would need big performances from Aziz Bandego and Jamil Reynolds, which they got. I thought that was fantastic, but really CMOS Lukosius. I think people need to put respect on his name for when the Bearcats desperately need a basket down the stretch. It's time to start calling CMOS Lukosius clutch. That's I believe that's the fourth game this season within the final seconds that Lukosius has knocked down a shot that has ultimately been the difference maker in this one. So I really think it's time people start giving CMOS Lukosius his flowers despite shooting just two of eight from the field that night. He knocked down the biggest shot of that game and he got himself in prime position through the paint for an easy layup with about 16 seconds left. But and I, overall, I think the difference maker was seeing Victor Lockin not on the court. That's something that not many people expected. I know you saw the social media post. Everyone was expecting like, hey, what's going on there or whatnot. The thing was, it was just the minutes and they were playing small. That was it. They were, Dan Skillings was phenomenal versus UCF in the first game. Finished with 21 points and he had a fantastic game. 15 and 8 on Saturday. I mean, Dan Skillings has just been playing great ball. And Wes Miller went to the hand of playing small to really affect the press and try to affect the glass, the game on the glass. And Dan Skillings, his rebounding ability is through the roof. I mean, I believe if I, I don't know if we discussed this on our show last time heading into this one, the over under 
on Dan Skilling's rebounds heading into that game, Russ Heltman, my co-host at Bearcat Bearcats Blitz, was telling me this, was four rebounds versus UCF. That is a crime for Dan Skillings because he is averaging nearly eight rebounds a game. Wait, wait a minute. What, wait a minute. What you said, Russ said what? Russ is a big analytical aspect. So when he does his deep previews that the betting lines and whatnot, they had Dan Skillings player props at four and a half rebounds versus UCF. Yo, and that so I'm not a betting I don't I don't bet, so I don't know much about they had mm-hmm. actual people were betting lines on his rebounding. Yeah, like player props and whatnot. It's a big sports betting term. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't know this. JT but, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm missing out, bro. I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a normal thing. It depends on the game. They'll give you a couple props. I, I didn't know. So I'm but, not allowed to I'm not allowed to bet because of uh <clears throat> my AU program and all that stuff. I'm not allowed to bet on college and stuff. So I just totally stay away from all yeah, all yeah. All that. which is crazy because four rebounds. I mean, you look down, Dan Skillings is capable of getting four rebounds in four minutes. So to see him finish with 15 and eight, I thought was fantastic. But overall, I mean, you build the, build the momentum because UCF fought a late run. You find a way to close out a game on the road, pick up a quad one win. Now have the opportunity to get two wins for the first time in big 12 play here, heading into Oklahoma state and the momentum's building at the right time. You now have your full healthy lineup with CJ Frederick back. It's, Things are starting to really click for West Miller and the Bearcats, and it's going to be a fun time throughout the next two weeks of Big 12 play. All right. I, I got a couple thoughts. I want to incorporate you guys into these thoughts. Um, anytime you can get a Big 12 win, I don't care who it's against, it's a great win. So regardless of how we play in some situations, if we walk out of Fifth Third Arena or whatever arena we're in with a dub, we will take it. Um Neil, I want to start with you and ask you this question. Your thoughts on C.J. Frederick's progress? Yeah, I mean, everyone's obviously still waiting for him to fully get back to the, the player he was before the injury. I believe he was averaging like close to nine points per game. But just having his presence on the court in itself does so much for Wes Miller and the Bearcats. I mean, it opens up the paint. It allows the big men in the front court, whether that's Victor Locke and Aziz Mandego, Odio Guama, Jamil Reynolds, it allows them to get going in the front court space the floor you add your you add a three-point shooting specialist and it it oh it does so much for the Bearcats to have him back I think his progress is still still climbing coming a month I believe it was close to a month and a half of him not even doing much basketball activities at all so his progress is still start still trending in the upward positive direction but just having him back out there on the court is so so substantial for the Bearcats heading into the big 12, the final stretch here of conference play. Yeah, we definitely need CJ moving forward. Now, JT, a question for you with Vic. Um, obviously, Vic didn't play, what did he play? One minute? I don't even remember. Maybe one minute. It might have been like, I think it was, the it was final in seconds. seconds. Okay, so he played in the final seconds. Um, the previous UCF game, he didn't play. So, maybe, maybe Wes had it scouted out that that's the way it was going to roll. They didn't particularly need him that game. But my question for you, JT, is moving forward. So this game versus Oklahoma State, other games moving forward, do the Bearcats need Vic? Do they need Vic? Yes. That's my question to you. Man, that's a hell of a question. But I think personally, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a hell I mean, of a it is. It yeah. is. I have a yeah. question right now. I think they need they need Vic, but they need him to get his confidence back. Cause it's not the talent; it's the confidence. Like after he got sick, um, it's just been a downward spiral for him. So I just think he needs to get his confidence back. And if Vic can get back playing just solid, I feel like I might have said this on the last podcast: the Bearcats will go to another level. And with CJ coming coming back, I know the thing is going to be the rotations. And right now, it's hard to argue against. I, I mean, you no, know I me. Mean? I've been the small lineup guy from the beginning. I, I knew I kind of felt that was the best lineup for the Bearcats to be the most successful in the way Skilling's in re- John Newman rebound the ball. I feel like even though you go small, if you got those guys on the court, you're not losing much on the rebounding side and depending on who's in there, how people are playing, you're probably gaining rebounding. Um, so I feel like with Aziz and Jamil, they're both, they're like a yin and yin and yang type of bigs, like where you could throw Jamil the ball um, back to the basket. Um, he's shown he can shoot the, 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 uh, the spread three, um, but his, his best game is back to the basket pick and roll dunks. Um, he can pass the ball better than you think. Um, Aziz is, you know, the lob man. I feel like his post game when he, when he's not, when he doesn't rush is not bad. It's getting better. Um, his line drive free throws is no, or normally he's been so, a lot better lately. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, but Vic gives you the, he's the most like versatile, but he has to get back, to, especially on the defense. And I don't even think it's more offensive. I think his defense has to be, um, get back to close to what it was before his the sickness because, you know, Vic has shown flashes, man. So not to be long-winded, I think this team, they need him. If they, they need him to get better, to get back to who he was or close to it. Um, I think the team will, will go to another level. But the crazy thing is they're so deep right now that they could get by without him playing really and that's something that they couldn't have done last year because they just would have, if Vic couldn't have played, they just would have just, it would have just been too much, you know, um, just him out there helped them last year. But this year they're so talented with the waivers uh, finally hidden and then they starting to hit their stride that they can survive because they can go small and those two bigs can sub in. You still got Odie too as well. So, um, it's it's a tangle. I, I think personally they need him to get get back solid. Not it not he doesn't have to get back to where he's commanding in the 30 minutes a game. That'd be even better if he gets back to that point. But if he can get to where he's giving you a good 15 minutes the rest of the season, I think the Bearcats can just take off. Well, we'll see what happens when the Bearcats take on Oklahoma State on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the beautiful Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. So let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT's on fire right now. So So who should we look out for from the Bearcats versus Oklahoma State, JT? Man, I've been catching fire. So, man, who, who, well. Oklahoma State. Uh, 
man, man. So they haven't won a game at home in a, in a few games. Shoot. I'm going. Man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go back to CMOS, man. Oh man, okay. I'm doubling I'm doubling down because because what I want to see now is CMOS give me two solid games back to back. Even though they're playing a team that isn't mm-hmm. a top tier team, team that the Bearcats would be heavily favored. But you can't. That doesn't mean anything in the Big Twelve. So. Don't you know what I'm saying? Don't count your chickens before they hatch or eggs before they hatch or whatever. Not doing that. Win that game. But I think CMOS give me double digits, um, couple assists, and, and we're good. But I, but I need to see him back it up because he's been making clutch shots. Um, not scared to take the shot, but I feel like he was more decisive. I want to see more decisiveness for CMOS because. The growth of him and Dan Skillings are paramount to this team. Um, if they're going to make the tournament, and if they're going to make a run in the tournament, so I just want to see them keep keep building. What, what they say, keep dropping, pin, picking up pennies. Is that it? Is that it? Getting a better, getting a percent better a day. So I want to see that. I want to see uh, Stimas give me about 12, 12 and three. Twelve and three. Yeah, twelve and three. Three assists. I need three assists, about 12 points. Okay. Make a couple threes. Get fifth third rocking. That's that's where I'm looking for CMOS. I think I'm, I'm doubling I'm doubling down on him because I want to see him have two solid games in a row. Okay. All right, Neil, it's on you. Who do we need to watch out for? From Oklahoma State. Yeah, so for Oklahoma State, they're 11 and 14 on the season, three of nine in the Big 12. But what stands out to me about this Oklahoma State Cowboys team is they have not won a game on the road yet this season. They are 0-9 in true road games. They're 1-2 on neutral sites. So looking at back on it, they are 1-11 for 11 in games outside of their home arena. So they are a team that desperately struggles on the road. And this is a team that is banged up. They're not 100% healthy. They're without second-leading scorer Bryce Thompson, who is averaging 12 points and three rebounds per game. And he suffered a season-ending shoulder surgery versus Kansas back on January 30th in the opening minutes of that one. So they're a team that is banged up. And Mike Boynton has already voiced his frustrations throughout the media over the recent weeks about the program, where they stand with the NIL and all that good, fun content right there. But overall, this is a team where the Bearcats could dominate the paint. I'm going to say it right now before we jump in my players to watch for Oklahoma State. This is going to be the Jamil Reynolds or Aziz Bandego game inside the paint. And the reason is, is Oklahoma State doesn't have anybody over six foot 11. They have one guy at six foot 11 and everybody else is under six foot eight. This is a game the Bearcats could just blow the blow the roof off fifth third by just pounding the ball in the front court and letting the big man go to work. Now that's offensively and defensively. I project personally Jamil Reynolds to finish with eight points and another eight to nine rebound performance here versus Oklahoma State. Now for the Cowboys, they're led by Javon Small, the East Carolina transfer who the Bearcats are very familiar with from last season. I mean, he came into fifth third last season and he put up 23 points for the Pirates and he is the leading scorer for Oklahoma State this year, averaging 14 points five assists, and four rebounds per game 
on a 43% field goal shooting. So this is a guy who is a very, he's an elite scorer. He's shooting the ball from 40% or higher from all three levels. So he's a very good scorer, an elite level scorer. But right now that is the guy that makes the engine go for Oklahoma state. He willed them to a victory over BYU last week, a 93 to 85 victory versus BYU. So Oklahoma state's riding some good momentum right now, but ultimately I think this one just ends in the Bearcats' favor, and it just comes down to it on the battle of the glass. I don't think Oklahoma State's size and height, physicality, really matches up with anything that West Miller and the Bearcats have to offer there in the front court. There's a reason why Oklahoma State is at the bottom of the Big 12 right now with West Virginia. So right now, it's the Javon Small show for Oklahoma State, and if you can find a way to lock him up, I think John, I think that's the assignment John Newman will get. A six foot five point guard. I think this is that's going to be your matchup for John Newman. But if you can find the others outside of Javon Small to beat you, it, it's going to be incredibly tough for Oklahoma State to come into Fifth Third Arena and get a victory if Javon Small is not on his best performance. Hey JT, I think you need to interview that young man because he, he transferred from uh, ECU. Yeah, I know yeah. he'll be able to tell us about what the crowds are really like down yeah. there. JT, you need to talk to him about those crowds, man. Just get the real, get the real scoop, man. Yeah, he, he, I know. If he's in the post game, I might even ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ask him, like, man, is it totally different from playing um, with the, with Oklahoma State? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you feel? Like, just on the personal, like on the personal side of things, right? See what he said. Will you report back to us? Yeah, I might, man. You think I should ask that? You think that question to be? I I do, I do. You think that'll be fair? That's a fair question. I think it's fair. I think it's fair because we know some of some of the people in the media ask some wild <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So I don't know. Like I, I might ask, man. It depends. Okay. Then I'm gonna start laughing though. <laughs> But then I'm gonna feel like then I'm gonna think he don't know me, so he might think I'm being funny. I mean, I'm him being funny, but he's gonna think I'm being funny towards him, maybe. And I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want him to think it's a sign of disrespect. Yeah, you don't want it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? If you can catch him on the side, be like, hey man. Yeah, yeah. If I can catch him out in the in the uh in the concourse or something, I'll, I'll ask him, like, bro, you you know, how how better how much you know more satisfying is it playing <laughs> playing in front of a lot of t- kid people besides uh like the thousand used to play at ECU. Man, that was a good day. Well, you know what time it is. You know what time (laughs) it is. All right, this is the part of the podcast where Neil Meyer says the name of opposing team's players. We call it the name game. Now, this time, Oklahoma State doesn't have that many. This is one of those teams that uh, it's it's really slim picking. So, just to throw you a curveball, Neil, I need you to go online, and I need you to look up Pepperdine Basketball, Pepperdine University in California. We're going to go with Pepperdine, all right? So, JT, you ready? You ready? Yeah, ready? Loading this up now. Pop Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Dang, Pepperdine. what's going on? Do you do you know where Pepperdine is, JT? Ain't in Cali. It's in Cali. It's in uh, Malibu. I've been there. Man. Oh man. So 
man. So I took my nephew. Well, when I was going out, when I was going out to LA quite a bit um, pre-pandemic, I took my nephew out uh, one time, and um, I took him over to Pepperdine just to kind of look at the campus. And man, we we were like, "What in the world is that?" Man, it, just Google search Pepperdine University and and click on images. I'm gonna do that. And you're gonna be like, "That's a different world." Like I would okay. not thrive at that university because I would be at the beach. I would be, yeah. There's too yeah. many options there. Yeah, too me. many beaches. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, there. It's right there, yeah. Malibu. It's right, right there. All so, right, Neil. Crazy. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Pepperdine University's basketball program. We're going to start with number zero. Number zero is Houston Millet. See, I, I, I like that name. So I like when, <laughs> I like when people name their kids the first name of like a city. <laughs> or so you know what i'm saying it's like they, they got some kind of emotional tie to a to a city I, I like that say his name again houston what was the last name houston millet houston oh yeah that was the easy one for you number one number one is michael ajay mm, pretty hmm. good number 12 bobacar kalubale <laughs> mm, try that one more time let me hear it bobacar Kalabale. Mm. Number 35. Number 35 is Alaji Gassima. Ooh, Gassima. Alaji <laughs> Gassima. Wow. That's all I got for you. Now, yeah. I, got, I got a fun fact for both you two. You ready? Go for it. Pepperdine is coached by Lorenzo Romar. Can you what? guys? Can you got? Yes. Can you guys guess where he graduated college from? Hmm. Don't look it up, Neil. I should have guessed. It's not. Yeah, can you see? He graduated from the University of Cincinnati in 1992, and the reason I know this is because my dad helped him graduate. Nah. Trust That's crazy. Oh, Neil. Go on the website and scroll to Neil, or sc uh, scroll down to uh, Romar, and look at the bottom part of his bio. Yeah, look I see it right now. He earned his bachelor's degree in criminal justice from the University of Cincinnati. What year? 1992. Yep, that's from that's my crazy. Yep. I had yep. no idea. And that's why, actually, the funny thing is, when we went to visit Pepperdine, the only reason I took my nephew over there was because Romar was the coach, and my dad was like, stop by. That's the only reason why he graduated from UC. How crazy is that? That's super crazy. Yeah, I know. Little I had no idea. It's a lot of people that graduated from UC on the low, though. I feel like I used to know a lot when I was in college, and like I used to do math research for I don't know why, but uh huh. Like it was like a famous singer, but she wasn't famous like Taylor Swift, but she was legit at the time. I feel like she graduated from UC. I don't know who that is. Yeah, it was a chick that graduated. I forgot her name. She might have been like a one-hit wonder type, though. Hmm. I ran who it is artist song, so it's like, but I remember I was like, What she went to UC? I ran know? into a guy, um, gosh, this might have been two months ago, and he just got married and his wife moved here. She's from God, where is she from? I forget where she's from, but anyway, I said, Well, she, well, she moved here with, with her now husband. I said, Well, how you like Cincinnati? And she goes, I've never been here prior 
she said, the crazy thing is, she's like, I feel like everywhere I go, I'm finding out so many people and so many things have come from Cincinnati and Ohio, like just the state in Cincinnati. She's like, all these people like from here, all this stuff started here. She's like, it's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people don't know. There's so many, there's got to be a documentary done just on all the things that have come out of like, like, I mean, it's not like it's be like a great national yeah. uh, documentary, but, but for people that are from here to find out fun facts, like Michael Jackson used to record his music right off 70, I 75, right down from uh, where uh, Tri-County Mall is. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. King's records, James Brown, um, Bootsy Collins, um, the uh, Isley brothers, like hey. I go on and on with, 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 you know, artists that were, they were you know, coming to sit. And that's just music alone. I mean, you can go on and on. So crazy, man. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right. So for my pick, I had CMOS as well, uh, JT. Okay. Um, yep. I, I'd CMOS looking for finding that consistency. Yeah. Was, was what I had I had written down. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give CMOS to you and I will take um I'm I'm just gonna go with John Newman. Uh, I know I've picked him a bunch of times, but and the thing is sometimes when I pick John Newman, it's not a matter of him scoring a lot of points, it's just him impacting the game in so many different ways. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's why a lot of times I look at these games and I'm like Man, that's a John Newman game that impacted it from, you know, you know, defensively. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many different ways that he can impact the game. Yeah, I almost went John, too. Uh-huh. But then I was like, consistently, consistency for CMOS, because that's what yeah. Bearcats need, you know, like, especially with the run. And I think with him going a little bit smaller, consistently, I think more minutes small, CMOS is key because – He's the the inside outside guy. He's not about to dunk on anybody like that. Um, but he's about he gets to the hole. Like I said, that floater, mid range, three ball. So he can score anywhere on the court. So that's one of those things. He's not like a super fast guy. He just gets to his spots. And when he's playing right, he's, he's you know it's hard to defend. Got a good post game. So yeah, yep. I'm 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 with you on that. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online at smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? All right, so I know my main my main two are not turning the ball over. I say against Oklahoma State, no more than 12 turnovers. Win the rebounding battle by seven-plus in – my thing is live in the paint. I want to see them if they score seven. Say if they score eighty, I want to see fifty to sixty points in the paint, unless they're unless they're shooting a lot of free throws. So say if they 
shoot 25 free throws. They make between 18 and 21. Who knows? If they do that, then I'll say 35 to 45 in the paint in that range. Mm. So my thing is living in the paint because they're, they're, they're a bigger team. So even if it's not directly from a post-up from Aziz or a post-up from Jamil, get to the hole so then you either, you're either finishing it in the paint or you're dishing it off for one of the big guys to dump. Mm-hmm. So that's how they got to live, and they can't take this team lightly. They got to just go ahead and handle business. This might be the easiest game that they're going to have in a while, so they have to take advantage of this, and they cannot play with their food. They got to go ahead Get get it out the get them out the paint and, they, and getting them out the paint is living in the paint. So that's where I'm that's where I'm going with it on this game. You, you know, you stole a little bit of my thunder, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in and, and throw some <laughs> your JT. But Man, that's crazy. You gotta we might have to talk before games now. I mean, before the pod now. I know we usually just go with it, and, and so we're on the same page this pod. But you you know the thing is, I, I have in my notes here. Don't take this team for granted. Oklahoma State's three and nine in conference play. Yeah, you know you can't. I mean, they go. They beat BYU. Yep. So you you cannot take them for for granted. Nope. So I, I I'm I'm totally I'm totally with you on that one. That that's kind of a little bit my concern. It's like okay, you just beat UCF. Some guys got a little swag going. Yeah. Now, now you're not playing one of your top tier teams in the conference. So you take the foot off the gas a little bit. Like you know, I could see guys thinking that, but you know, it's like. In the past, JT, the past, I don't know how many games, it's always like, this is a must-win game. This is the yeah, biggest yeah. season. No one's saying that going into this game, and that concerns me. Yeah, but honestly, it is. It yeah. is. Like, the last two games have been must-wins because you can't. You can't lose, yeah. can't lose. You can't. Like, you have to come out and punch these guys in the mouth because you, you can't lose this game. Like, you just can't because you don't have many easy games. And when you get a game that you're supposed to win before you even step on the court, you got to do it. Yep. So, so like, you can't take this team lightly. And that's no disrespect to Oklahoma State. But this year, they're just not – they're not that team. Yep. But they can still pop you if you disrespect them. Like, you got to have a, a healthy respect for them so you don't come out there, oh, I'm going to get 20 on them. You know what I mean? You got to go out there and play just like you playing against Houston. Yep. You know, otherwise you you could get caught sleeping and you don't want to get this loss. This will be West Virginia bad to me um, if they lose to them. So it's kind of one of those things like you had that one blip that you the game that you should have won and you lost. You can't have that again. So this is show this would be a a nice growing, you know, situation for them to see how they've grown in what, three weeks. So we'll see. But they can't like you said, they can't take this team lightly. And they have to just don't play with their food, man. I rather I hope this is a game that the, the, the walk-ons get in. Honestly, you know I love to hear that. Yes, I'm sir. That. If the walk-ons are getting in, that means we're winning big. So Neil, great segue. What did the yeah Bears- had to last layup right there? <laughs> what the Bearcats <laughs> need to do to win big? Yeah, for them to win big, I think it's something that JT mentioned earlier. I think you got to have fifty points or more in the paint. I think you can really use your height to your advantage. And I think if you win the rebounding margin by 15 or more, which they're very capable of doing, and if you can win the rebounding margin, you keep your turnovers under 12, which I believe is what they did versus UCF. If you can repeat that performance, limit your turnovers, 
dominate the glass, and I mean just absolutely dominate the glass, and just play complimentary basketball. I mean, I don't think this is an Oklahoma State team that's real good, but they do have the big win over BYU. But overall, I mean, looking at the lines right now, ESPN has Oklahoma State as 11-point underdogs. I hate seeing that number, to be honest with you, because that is asking a lot for the Bearcats already out the gate, especially with how Oklahoma State is looking to kind of bounce back and solidify a late season run. But the Bearcats are playing at home, so they'll have the home fifth third arena home crowd to their advantage. But that that says that the Bearcats should single-handedly dominate the Cowboys on all different angles of this one. But for them to win big, you dominate the battle of the glass. I want to see at least 50 rebounds for Cincinnati tomorrow night at fifth third arena. I would love to see them keep the turnovers under 12. And if they can do that, and I would love to see them shoot at least 15 free throws in this contest. I think if you can do all three of those, you win this game pretty big. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. So, um, all right, I've already touched on not taking this team for granted. Um, the, the only other thing I would probably throw in there is, I mean, I'd love to see the Bearcats come out from the, 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 the beginning of the game, the tip, all the way to the buzzer, solid defense. And I'm talking about guarding a three-point line. <clears throat> Neil, you're, you're, you're a bigger stat guy than, than I am, but I'm not sure how Oklahoma State's shooting from the three-point line. They are atrocious from the three-point line outside of Javon Small. So they're, they're, they're not very good there, but you know, you know how it is. <clears throat> I, I always work. Do you, I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you remember the one year the Bearcats played uh, Xavier, and it was at Fifth Third Arena? And I think um, – D. Oh, Davis. Oh, D. Davis had made – Huh? He was shooting 15%. 15% coming into Fifth Third Arena in that game. And, and, and Bearcats were doing what Coach told him to do, and that was sag off of D. And he was like – I was like – He made five threes. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And it's like – I remember Hugs used to say that. Like, when we would play teams that weren't shooting the ball well or had guys that weren't great shooters – he would always go, you know what? They're college players. They're capable. So you've got to at least contest. You can't leave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. leave them just point blank open. You want to contest a little bit. Make it a tough shot for them. So <laughs> I don't want to sleep on Oklahoma State from the three-point line. I mean, contest it. But definitely solid defense. I, I, I want to see the Bearcats get on track with a big victory. I mean, we don't have – what's our – Neil, what's our largest um, victory margin in Big 12 play? That is a good question. Let me check real quick. I was trying to think about that just as I was yeah, talking. That's a great question. That is a real great question. Whatever that is, let's double it. <laughs> Big 12 victory margin. You have nine versus UCF on the 27th, which might be the largest, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I believe it's nine. Yes, nine. Let's take that and double it. Let's 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 beat this team by eighteen. Mm. Um, and then every other win margin is two points over UCF on Saturday. You win by three at Texas Tech. You win by four oh, versus TCU. I got it, Neil. Oh, I got I got you. 11, eleven versus BYU. That's the largest. Oh, eleven. Okay, okay. I'm so everything say, else has been significantly lower. Let's just go with eighteen, man. Let's let's. 
Let's <laughs> beat, hey, let's just beat this team by 18 points. And I think based off UCF getting this win by 18 plus, as as uh, JT would say, we're cooking with grease. Um, yes, I think sir. I think Neil last week said playing with grease. Is that what he said? Yeah, with yeah, thank you. Playing with hot grease. I don't think hot grease. <laughs> playing with hot grease. Um, I I think if 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 we can do that. Man, this team is, is headed in the right direction. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. All right, fellas. So for this one, I was thinking about like what what is what could the hot topic be? And I was watching before I left. I had a, I had a meeting early this morning, so I caught a little bit of uh, um, all the sports shows on TV and all that stuff. And I was listening, and every show was talking about the NBA All Star Game. Like every show. On, on what what do they need to do to fix it? It was it was atrocious and blah blah blah. So <clears throat> my question to you guys is this: In all of professional sports, who has the best All Star game? Is it the NBA All Star game, which received a lot of flack for the play on Sunday? MLB All Star. You know what? Let me let me change it up a little bit because actually. All of I, I believe all the professional sports have an all-star type weekend. Mm-hmm. So right. So NBA All-Star Weekend, MLB All-Star Weekend, NFL Pro Bowl Weekend, or NHL hockey all-star weekend. So JT, I'm gonna start with you. Of all those in professional sports, who has the best all-star game? Okay, so I would say, like, the running thing is, honestly, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, This weekend was kind of a letdown a little bit. But overall, it's NBA. Because NFL, they don't hit anymore. And I understand that because cats are getting paid a lot more money and bigger, faster, stronger. So getting hurt in the Pro Bowl is wild. Yeah. But, um. So I could totally understand it. I like what they've done um, to just get more stuff that incorporates more people. And the seems like it's been fun. A lot of stuff they've incorporated. Actually watched some of it. Uh, but baseball is probably the most purest because I feel like they play hard no matter what. But the only thing about the all-star game with baseball, I don't put it up there is because you really can't do anything. Spec- it's like has to happen. You can't force anything in baseball. Where in basketball, if they play good, solid defense, like you still can do like some stuff like amazing stuff that you probably wouldn't do in a regular game. Um, so, but I just don't – I need them to start playing a little bit more defense, though. Like they they just going like – they're going too far left in the NBA right now on the All-Star game. But I think their weekend is the best weekend like from Friday to Sunday. Uh-huh. Neil, so. your thoughts? My thoughts personally is if there's one that I think is doing a great job, I think it's the MLB because just the way it's set up, 
and that is you have your home run derby, which, I mean, everyone loves seeing 450 feet home runs. I think that's fantastic. But the overall all-star game is the only all-star game in sporting right now out of outside the NHL that is really the same product on the field as what you would see in the regular season, and that's highly level competitive baseball. I mean, you look at the NBA, for example, nearly 400 points of total offense scored the other night, which is crazy. It just seemed like there was no defense being played. I mean, heck, Damian Lillard pulled up from 55 feet and splashed one from half court. Luca's up there doing the two-for-one tactic and throws one off the shot clock mm-hmm. for, towards the end of the half, which, I mean, it, it was crazy to see that aspect. But overall, I think it's the MLB just because strictly when the MLB was here for the All-Star Game in 2015, I actually did the whole week of Fan Fest and everything with my family. That was something we did growing up. I thought the setup, the layout was fantastic. I mean, overall, you had the Fan Fest, which was for, I believe it was three or four days straight. It might have even been five days straight, if I remember right. It was like a week-long event. Then you had the Home Run Derby. You had the Futures game. You had the All-Star game. I just thought it was the most accessible for fans at that time frame was the MLB All-Star game. And I loved how they set it up here. I know the NBA is different, especially in like a smaller city like Indianapolis compared to what some of the other big cities and then you look around in the Pro Bowl right now, It's the Pro Bowl is low-key annoying, in my opinion, because you see all these guys going out there, and it's basically flag football. And it's a lot of they, – they've done so many changes to it, and it's kind of like not even exciting to watch anymore. Like, oh, yeah, you get invited to the Pro Bowl, but, like, do I just want to watch you guys play flag football instead of actually hitting each other? Like, taking the actual hitting out of the Pro Bowl, it, it just ruined it for me. So once they took the – made the new rule change. It was like, yeah, you can't hit people in the Pro Bowl. I kind of stopped watching the Pro Bowl. So overall, if you're asking me, I'm going with the MLB. I love the the setup of the All-Star game, their festivities and everything. I think they do a great job. And thoroughly, it's one that drags a lot of people in, especially being in the middle of the week. And they take the whole week off. You get to kind of sit back and they watch all the festivities. I think what Rob Manfred has done with the All-Star game over recent years has been fantastic. The tournament segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Uh, so I just have some quick thoughts. <clears throat> um, first of all, let me let me say this about NBA um, All-Star Weekend. Well, first of all, I think a lot of the complaints that people are giving right now on talk radio and TV are related to the NBA All-Star game itself. Um, I don't think they necessarily com- complain about how the weekend goes. I mean, of course, the slam dunk um, competition could be, you know, slightly better, but um, here, here's my thing. I'm like, what? First of all, I don't know why people get so angry about that. The the All Star Game, like people are legitimately like angry and yelling at each other on TV. I'm like, I don't care that much. But here, here's 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 a couple things. I here's a couple problems I have. So, with the NBA All Star Game itself, you're talking about in the middle of the season having guys that have a long season to begin with, 82 regular season games. Most of those guys playing have a chance to play in the playoffs. So they've got a long season in general between 82 plus the playoffs. And now you're asking them to play hard in an all-star game when that's kind of their midpoint break. Man, I mean, a lot of these guys, I I know, you know, I, I was talking to James White about this. James White's working in the NBA. And he's just like, man, people don't realize how 
how much these guys just their, their bodies get broken down and that that midpoint is a great way for them to kind of get a reset mm-hmm. so you know you it's like you're, you're trying to get guys to you know play at such a high level when they look at all-star as a break yeah uh, you know what i'm saying and, and my, my second point you know with this jt and, and neil is the all-star game to me is something for the young people so me growing up I, I think sometimes the adults look at it from a certain lens but i personally think nba all-star game is is for the young people and they look for the magic uh not, and i'm not talking about magic johnson but they look for the magic in the game when they watch it because i don't know about you jt but when i was a kid and i'm watching all-star game i'm watching guys do stuff that they normally don't do yeah in a regular season. you know what i'm saying i'm why like Vince Carter's doing crazy stuff. Magic's doing unbelievable. Pat, he would never, never do in a game. So I think there's some, some, there's a magical component for the young people. And young people like to see Dame Lillard shoot from half court. They like to see Steph shoot. You know, so I'm not saying like some of the stuff obviously is just they're just standing around there. They're just blah blah blah. But yeah. I, I have, I don't have a, I'm, I don't get as angry as some people do about the All Star game. It just that boggles my mind, but I think by far the NBA and when you put everything together for the weekend does the best job. Um, I do like, I've always loved MLB home run derby, man. I, I, I don't know what it is. I love the home run derby. Yeah. I don't I can tell you the last major league baseball all-star game I watched, but you're damn right. I'm watching that home run derby. I'm, I'm finding what time that's on and I'm watching that. I have never seen a hockey all-star game. Me neither. JT? I've never either. Nope. I, it just happened. Just The only reason – how bad is this? The only reason I know it just happened was because I saw Justin Bieber was there. That's the only <laughs> I, I knew about it. I'm like, that's just pretty bad. That, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how that rolls out. And then the NFL Pro Bowl. I mean, it's like you can't ask these guys to hit. You know what I mean? It's not just no like, more, man. Not more. It's yeah, just not, it's just it's not gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. So I guess they're doing the best they can do. I mean, I feel like it'll get better. I mean, the game isn't gonna be much, but I feel like the extra activity and stuff are pretty cool, though. Now, yeah, like them throwing it. accuracy stuff and then cats doing like challenges. That's that's better than nothing. I mean, end of the day, because that's a grueling. They add, they keep adding games. They add playoff games, and then you want them to play. Uh. Pro Bowl, you know what I mean, right before the Super Bowl. So it's just what it is these days because, that, that, you know, the, the teams are making more money, so keep cash are getting paid more money. So and, and NFL is a dirty game, man. They guarantee money. You can get a $200 million contract, but if only 45 is guaranteed, you get hurt in the Pro Bowl, they'll, they'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll cut you, brother. They'll be like, all right. I know we still owe you $150 million, but we're going to give you $2 million and tell you to go home. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I, t- I tell you, I went to NBA All-Star Saturday um, this past Saturday up in Indy. And, <clears throat> I, I, man, I'm, I'm, listen, my whole thing is the All-Star weekend is for the kids. And I went to the convention center for all the uh, – they had a crossover event, a concert. And a bunch of stuff on the sat on Saturday surrounding the NBA All Star game. And dude, it was man, there were so many kids and 
families there. It was incredible. I think it was, I think it was $35 a person to get in to the uh, NBA crossover event. And I think it was, it was something like 140 to get the VIP ticket to do some of the uh, private access stuff. But man, it, it was a great time. I went to, um, uh, I met up with former Bearcat uh, Jamal Lucas, who works for the Jordan brand. And he took us over to uh, Jason Tatum's. Uh, they had a Jordan um, inside the convention center. They had all these different like uh, setups. Uh, so Adidas would have a setup and um, a watch company had a setup and they had Dame Lillard show up because of the Dame time thing, whichever mm -hmm. watch company sponsors him. But the Jordan people had a big court. Jason Tatum showed up and man, he worked out with kids. Uh, he had had the kids doing drills. It was just, it was like cool. You know what I'm saying? Like there yeah, was so yeah. many, <laughs> yeah. And he was, you know, signing autographs for kids and um, just great. I, I just think the All Star Game does so many. And then the LA, uh, what is it? LED court they did. Yeah. Um, where the court was lit up and doing all that crazy stuff. I mean, that's young people are just just absolutely uh, loving that. And I know the product on the court is what it is, but um, <clears throat> and yeah. D Brown's dunk over the whatever that guy's name is, the real short guy to sit in the chair was awful. Oh, you're talking about oh, Jalen Brown's dunk? Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, Jalen Brown's dunk. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, was like, and to give you a minus, a minus. Yeah, two. that was bad. That was that was real bad. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcats student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment pre- and post-construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contacted online at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. Um, just a, a quick uh, note for you guys. Uh, I will be doing um, my Bearcat basketball podcast at Mio's. I'm doing two of them in March, on March 2nd, 515 to 615 before the Kansas State game. I will be doing the uh, what we're going to call the walk on podcast, um, getting guys like John Meeker, Eppensteiner, Sam Martin, Zach Tobler, uh, Brandon Miller, uh, getting those guys to pull up and do a little walk on talk. <laughs> yep. And then the uh, second and last one for the season on March 9th, 1215 to 115 before the West Virginia game, my guest will be Bearcat great Steve Logan. So excited for those uh, <clears throat> two podcasts. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. We want to thank all the Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats!